she's a hoe. We some hoes. Wouldn't you like to be a hoe too? Okay, hey guys. Welcome to another episode of How in the Know. I am Selena the Stripper. Also, serotonin free Selena, joined <gasps> by that beta cut clover. Beta cut right here. <laughs> it's clover in the house. Hey, what up, bro? Whoa. 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 Um, and we are joined today by Goddess Corey. Hello. We are not worthy, Corey. Not <laughs> yeah. worthy. We must bow down. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Bad, exactly. <laughs> Do that exact thing. <laughs> uh, Goddess Corey is a dominatrix, cuddler, performer, intersectional advocate, former street based sex worker, and so much more. Also, super cute. <gasps> so cute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot be more thrilled to have you on the show. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> so typically we begin in our episodes with a um, historical hose. However, this week we have a uh, corrections uh, courier. H- how should I say? Like a corrections moment? Huh. I don't even know. Uh, a correction. Well, okay. So I I like to bite my favorite murder, which is a podcast that I like, and they always say corrections corner. Oh. Um. So maybe it's a corrections corner. So this one pertains to Erica Lust, who I uh, dropped name dropped as like somebody who makes ethical porn. However, recently it has come to my attention that Erica Lust is not as ethical as I thought she was. So, um, I got my info from Anna. Our, their uh, Insta handle is at Anna, A-N-N-A-W-1-M, um, and they are a um, partner of, uh, I think it's Stop Sexual Assault. I'm so sorry. The person's name is Rooster, but um, anyway, uh, I'll definitely drop their Insta handles in the bio for you guys of this episode. So I'm going to read uh, the post from Anna. So... Um, You probably know the, quote, ethical porn director, Erica Lust, but what you may not know is that she is not as ethical as she presents herself to be. I have started a petition because her covering up of of assault and gaslighting performers can no longer be tolerated. My amazing friend, Hello Rooster, was sexually assaulted by their co-performer on set of a film Erica Lust has directed, and the footage of them being raped is still available online despite Rooster's several attempts to have it taken down. Apart from that, the performer that has also directed films for Lust's ex-confessions manipulated Rooster into having sex with her under the premise uh, or under the pretense of practicing for the film they were planning to shoot and has crossed their boundaries on another set too. Instead of receiving apology for these horrible incidents, Rooster has been blacklisted, gaslit, and even threatened with a lawsuit by Erica Lust and called a stalker, had their legal name published, continuously misgendered, and also threatened with lawsuits by the assaulter. What's more, we're talking about a cis white woman assaulting a black non-binary person, and another cis white woman protecting her. It is unacceptable for a victim of sexual assault to be treated this way, especially by people who claim to be feminists and create ethical porn. Sadly, Rooster Story is not the only one of assault or mistreatment of performers, e.g. paying people of color less than white performers at less sets. Of course, fuck-ups can happen even at the most ethical, informed, presumably safe spaces slash organizations, but they must always be addressed, mediated, and resolved, and not be swept up under the rug while the victim gets threatened for speaking up. 
just like at Wildflower Sex, uh, was pretty much canceled overnight for their mistreatment of black sex educators. We need to cancel Erica Lust for her unethical treatment of her performers, those her work so crucially depend on. Please sign the petition. Um, so you can find the petition in uh, Anna W1M uh, in her um, or their Insta. So you can sign the petition in the bio and share it around. Um, after more than a year of Lust not addressing the situation, we need to finally get some justice for those who were harmed by her actions. That's so fucking gross. It's truly fucked up. I mean... I, but it, I don't think it's uncommon for white people to take advantage of yeah. marginalized bodies. You know? For sure. I think it's definitely like more commonplace and um, more swept under the rug maybe in the sex industry just because like we're already on the fringe of society so it's easier to not acknowledge it like on a bigger scale mm -hmm, um, yeah. I know that's been like true in my experience so oh yeah totally and I mean I think also just like the whole pay gap issue in the sex industry for people of color is so real and I think you know, white porn creators uh, want to say, well, it comes down to economics, whoever's buying more. But, like, really, if you're an ethical porn creator, like, mm -hmm. it's your job to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. It's your job Definitely. to, like, make things equal and to not be there for that is just totally unjust. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I sort of, that's why, I like, um, if I do make clips, I like, um, or I, I like producing my own porn mm -hmm. um, because, like, I know where the money is coming from. I can see my own numbers. Um, and I like hosts that uh, give you all that information and are really transparent about that. Um, I work with um, Make Love Not Porn mm -hmm. sometimes. And, um, yeah, it's been, like, a really really good experience because really? they're just like a host. That's good. Yeah. Because I've, I've definitely plugged them, too. And it's, yeah. it's hard to, you know... I mean, as as much as I'm like, you know, we need to have this out in the open and she needs to be held accountable. It also is like heartbreaking whenever, you know, you you have these these uh, porn creators and other like, quote unquote, ethical companies that are doing stuff like this. And also like with the what was it? Wildflower, mm -hmm. wildflower, wildflower sex shop. Yeah. Um, OK, so that was a whole debacle. <laughs> I don't know if you already talked. About I didn't talk about it yet. Oh. I think um, I, I saw you posted about it and mm -hmm. I read a little bit of the article, but um, the whole article is amazing. And I commend all of the black femmes who collaborated on that article and put their energy yeah. Um, yeah, like I noticed, um, like people that I follow, like Venus Cuffs, uh, Lashane, and uh, Ashley Chubby Bunny, and I know some more people um, I'm, um, whose names I'm missing. They all contributed and said that they were mistreated by the brand. They weren't compensated. Yeah. They were mm -hmm. kind of like blacklisted whenever they spoke up about things or whenever they. Um, one one of the people um, who wrote the article, I f I'm so sorry, I forget her name right now, but she she like had gotten some sponsorship with a pharmaceutical group for yeah. um, for a certain medication or something, and uh, the wildflower was just like, you can't you know, like you shouldn't be with them like they're totally unethical blah blah blah. Meanwhile, they didn't compensate her at all for her work that she did yeah. with them. 
And also, meanwhile, like one of the people who was uh, who had founded or who was like running Wildflower Sex Shop was working for like Google. Yeah. And so it's like you know you're you already have your hands <laughs> in some unethical yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, like who are you to be? You're like already complicit. Right. And, and also to, to undermine no no to undermine like people of color. You know, like making money when it is already so hard and they're already getting paid so much less. Right. I just don't get why companies that brand themselves as ethical brand themselves as ethical while being unethical because I feel like the money like the payoff of being unethical isn't like super dissimilar to like like as in like they don't really have to do that to make money in the first place yeah mm-hmm. so like yeah yeah I, it's- <laughs> like like a porn director would make money as a porn director regardless of if they're like branded as ethical because like mm-hmm. right Exactly. So, like, I, it's just so, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's unnecessary. Um, yeah. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Sit, Sit down. all the way down. I mean, it's, stop it's, taking up space in this, like, yeah. like where we already don't have space. Like, stop taking up space in, like, yeah. this, in this way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, like, being a brand ambassador and, like, just getting gifts is not enough. No. Because, mm-hmm. like, these, these women and the people who are, like, producing this, like... They have, like, such incredible clout. They're doing so much work. They have, like, they've put in the time and effort building their following and their reach. And, like, it is not easy. It is. They have already had to work, like, twice as hard as, like, their white counterparts. So to, like, be that, to be, like, you know, black femmes out here doing shit and not being compensated is infuriating. It's very infuriating. Um... Yeah, it reminds me of it, it. It so much reminds me of like when I was like starting out and when I was younger and like going in and being really naive about like how to like ask for money and how to do that and then like getting like robbed essentially yeah. by like people. Yeah. <laughs> like like you're just you're just reenacting like the same trauma that we've had to go through with like in our interpersonal relationships like just out in the world trying to be like why it's it's. It's unnecessary. Again, I say sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, take several seats. Several seats. Take several all the way seats, in the back. Okay. All the way in the back. <laughs> it's like yeah. take off the ethical from your brain. Yeah, like it doesn't... It, You're just a sex toy company. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really it. You know, you're yeah. just like a sex toy company for white people. Right. Is really exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, that was a cor- corrections mansion as I'm calling it now, <laughs> which makes zero sense. <laughs> but you know what? Until we come up with something better, that's where it's going to be. And I like to think of my corrections as needing a mansion because I'm mm. surely will make plenty of things that need corrections. Yeah. Okay, you guys. So every week we begin our show with a segment that we call Historical Hoes. This week, we honor the revolutionary Ms. Marsha P. Johnson. So I got most of my info from Wiki. Um, also, I want to say, Clover, you didn't correct me on saying Wiki last well, episode. I've been not correcting you because I'm like, you know, who, am, like, I to, <laughs> who am I to tell you? Decolonized language. <laughs> yeah. like, who right. said it was wi- Wikipedia? It's actually. Wiki. Okay, I got my info from Wiki. No, it's... it's I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm just fucking with you. Okay. All right, back to business. 
Marsha P. Johnson is best known for being one of the most prominent figures of the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. She was born August 24, 1945, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Her father worked the assembly line for GM, and her mother was a housekeeper. She liked to wear dresses since she was five, but stopped after getting harassed by her peers. She was sexually assaulted as a child by an adolescent boy. Um, but uh, but she grew up in a really homophobic African Methodist Episcopal community, and so she kind of remained uh, pretty. As- well, she it says she like remained asexual until she moved to NYC. I guess she just kind of remained closeted until then, until she had that safety. So she left home at seventeen with only fifteen dollars in her pocket and a bag of clothes. Mm. And she moved to NYC. Oof. Oh. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Imagine saying that in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't. <laughs> and honestly, like, is there ever a time when no, $15 no. was enough? No. 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 <laughs> it's, it's never been not. enough. But she fucking did it because she's brave as all hell. She's a badass. Yeah. Uh, she waited tables in Greenwich Village uh, and managed to find a gay community that embraced her and finally allowed her to be true to herself. She initially called herself Black Marsha, but later decided on Marsha P. Johnson as her drag name, uh, getting Johnson from the restaurant Howard Johnson's on 42nd Street. And she said the P stood for pay it no mind and Mm -hmm. used the phrase sarcastically when questioned about her gender, saying it stands for pay it no mind. Marsha identified as gender nonconforming before that was even a term. Mm. She called herself a gay transvestite queen. And uh, let's shout out that this is 1966. <laughs> so uh, language changes. So she received leftover flowers um, after sleeping under tables used for sorting flowers in the flower district of Manhattan and was known for wearing crowns of fresh flowers. Mm. Johnson was tall, slender, and often dressed in flowing robes and shiny dresses, red plastic high heels, and bright wigs. She sounds so cute. Yeah, Yeah. pretty (laughs) adorable. Um, So she performed in a bunch of drag shows, um, and I don't know why I didn't copy and paste that in here, but... um, yeah, I'll, she. I mean, everybody knows that she's fucking amazing. So um, anyway, by 1966, Johnson lived on the streets and engaged in survival sex work. Um, in connection with her sex work, she was arrested many times. By her count, over a hundred, and she was also shot once in the late 1970s. That's all. Well, you know, another symptom of the kind of carceral nature the way that sex workers are treated in society Mm. really sadly we're locked up and you know nobody cares which is just truly unfortunate so anyway um to the amazing stuff she did uh during stonewall some claim that she threw the first shot glass that started the riot Stonewall veterans and gay activists such as Morty Manford and Marty Johnson said that on the first night, Johnson, quote, threw a glass at the mirror in the torched bar screaming, I got my civil rights. (laughs) It was, quote, uh, the shot glass that was heard around the world. You know, I love puns so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that really touched a special place in my heart. That was good. Other Stonewall vets claim she threw a brick at a police officer. But Marsha denied both of these claims, and she said she didn't make it to Stonewall until after the police had arrived uh, around 2 a.m. So they say maybe she didn't uh, claim credit because of the risk it posed to her as a black trans person. 
Um, maybe she didn't get credit because the gay lib movement faced greater obstacles if she became the face of it. I mean, that's like n- yeah. 19- <laughs> 1960s, yeah. 1970s America was maybe not ready mm. <laughs> for something somebody so amazing. Mm. Um, they were only ready for uh, white bread and yep. margarine. Yep. Um, or maybe she didn't do it at all Um, there's also like she had some uh, anger issues too so and she'd been kicked out of a bunch of bars for kind of she had like uh, kind of manic episodes Mm. where she would like switch into her um, alternate personality Malcolm who like took on like a deeper voice and was more aggressive and stuff so Mm. I mean she was dealing with like a lot of mental health issues so I mean it was also like maybe she was another volatile figure for the movement Mm. Anyway, regardless of that, multiple people did report seeing her climb a lamppost and drop a brick on the windshield of a cop car. Wow, hell yeah. <laughs> yippee ki <laughs> I like that she went through the trouble of getting elevated to make sure that yeah, like it, really, it really had yeah. enough momentum to yeah. just smash Break it. the fucking windshield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, fuck these pigs. Yeah. <laughs> like, truly. Truly. <laughs> truly. <laughs> So after Stonewall, Marsha Jane uh, joined the Gay Liberation Front and participated in the first Pride Rally in 1970 on the anniversary of Stonewall. She and fellow Gay Liberation Front members staged a sit-in protest protest at uh, Weinstein Hall at New York University after administrators canceled a dance when they found out it was sponsored by gay organizations. It's wild to think that NYU was like, yeah. no gay organizations, yeah, okay? Yeah, oh my god. Guys. <laughs> Shortly after that, she and her close friend, Sylvia Rivera, uh, co-founded the Street Ten- Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR, organization, initially titled Street Transvestites Actual Revolutionaries, which I also kind of like that. I like that it's like, they're actual mm-hmm. revolutionaries. <laughs> okay. <He's posing>. Yeah. <laughs> All these other fools. Posing. <laughs> Posers. We're not like the preps. They We're don't the even actual. go here. <laughs> <laughs> In 1973, Johnson and Rivera were banned from participating in the gay pride parade by gay and lesbian communities who were administering the event, say, stating they weren't going to allow drag queens at their marches, mm. claiming they were giving them a bad name. They could also take several seats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Their response was to march defiantly ahead of the parade. So uh, Johnson and Rivera and the drag queens. When a reporter asked why she was demonstrating, Johnson said, Darling, I want my gay rights now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm such a fangirl. Anyway, um, (laughs) so during another incident around this time, Johnson was confronted by police officers for performing street-based sex work in New York. And when they went to apprehend her, she hit them with her handbag, which contained two bricks. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, ultimate weapon. Ultimate weapon. Yeah. <laughs> when you can't oh carry God. a gun, why not carry two bricks? Yeah. <laughs> when Johnson was asked by the judge why she was hustling, Johnson explained she was trying to secure enough money for her husband's tombstone. Mm. During a time when same-sex marriage was illegal in the United States, the judge asked her what happened to this alleged husband. Johnson re- responded, pigs killed him. Hmm. Initially sentenced to 90 days in prison for the assault, Johnson's lawyer eventually convinced the judge to send her to the Bellevue instead, so the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
with Sylvia Rivera, Johnson established the Star House, a shelter for gay and trans street kids in 1972, and paid the rent for it with money they made themselves as sex workers. Wow. It's so fucking beautiful, you Mm -hmm. guys. And also just like, you know, sex work saves lives. Sex works provides housing for people. Mm -hmm. It's anyway... Um, At the time of her death in 1992, Johnson was said to be increasingly sick and in a fragile state. Um, Shortly after the 1992 Pride Parade, Johnson's body was discovered floating in the Hudson River. Oh, my God. So people, or police initially ruled the death a suicide, but there have been, like, several recent investigations into whether or not it was a suicide. Um, There was one in 2012, and I think one more recently kind of looking into it. Some say that, it, like, they saw her talking to, like, uh, or getting into an altercation with a group of thugs who were, like, shouting racial slurs at her, mm-hmm. harassing her. Um, and, I mean, obviously she had, like, over 100 run-ins with the police. Yeah. So that could be an answer as well. Um, I mean, at that time, of course, they're just going to, you know, throw away the fucking key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody right. cares. Um, and uh, that kind of continues to be the case, unfortunately. It really does. But anyway, so... Uh, Johnson was cremated, and her ashes were released over the river by her friends following a funeral at the local church. Police allowed 7th Avenue to be closed while her ashes were carried to the river. And I wanted to uh, highlight a quote that I stole from your feed. (laughs) (laughs) And it says, um, quote, Thank you to our transestors for blessing us with the spaces we can now inhabit because you died so we could live. Here's to my fucking eyes. It's true. (laughs) Guys, I've been, like, so emotional, like, being in communities of sex workers, Mm -hmm. just having, like, really beautiful moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, truly heartwarming, but, God, the sacrifices that many have made for us to get to this point. Yeah. It's it's so true. Um, I wrote that um, during Pride Month, um, and, like... Marsha was on the mind and I mean so many people were on my mind I mean my own ancestors like and I think I was communing with them in a nightclub of all places I mean Um, why not (laughs) I just want to say our ancestors like to party too they do they do they like to turn up okay (laughs) (laughs) my offerings include Hennessy (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah and I was just like communing with them like after like this super long pride weekend um, and like feeling like ultimate like really exhausted but really feeling blessed that like I had my coin and I could go out and I could I could take my partner out for dinner and I could pay my rent and I could pay my car and I could I could do all these things and like keeping them close while I was paying all this money out um and receiving all this money um was really crucial to me and like not only then but like constantly I think about them like every time I get paid Mm. every time I pay for something um every time I divest from the hegemony that is like whiteness and capitalism and all these things Mm -hmm. I think about them like they are in mind always and so I always give it up to them yeah I mean always always for all of the sacrifices and all of the the injustices that they just suffered through and made things better you yeah. know i could not be more appreciative yeah 
And uh, that's why we're here today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we can inhabit this space. Like, you know, it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. And um, you're beautiful. Okay. So let's get into some of these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So let's kind of begin with the baseline level. Um, mm-hmm. How did you get into sex work? Um, I started when I was 18. Um, the very, very, very first thing that I did, and, like, um, it was, like, the day of my birthday, I, like, signed up for a Chatterbait account. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do a birthday stream. Like, I'm oh, going to get naked on the God. internet because I'm 18 now. <laughs> How long had you been I, thinking of doing that? I have been thinking of doing... I mean, I've always, like, been sort of, like, a, um, a very sexual person, um, a very kinky person, um, a person who, like, thought really... Um, deeply about sex and my own sexuality especially because like I came out like when I was like in middle school Mm -hmm. and so like when you come out that young like like Sexuality is 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 very much like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like you have to confront your sexuality every day because you're confronting other people's sexuality other day yeah. uh, every day and like how they hate you because of yours. So, mm, um, so yeah. So like I just like thought about sex. I mean, like I was like I started like masturbating super young too. But like how old? Um, I was I think the very first time must have been like ten. 10? 10. Hmm. That's like, nine. I feel like that's a great age. Yeah. I wish no. I'd started masturbating then, honestly. Yeah. No, it was super, it was super helpful. And I masturbated before I ever had sex, too. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah. Because once I, like, actually, like, got in, a, it was a changing room, but in a room with somebody, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this is how, like, I know, like, I like to receive pleasure. And even if it wasn't necessarily how she liked to receive pleasure, it was like, I, I had like a, a, a point that I, a set point yeah at the yeah, yeah. <laughs> a re- point of reference um, yeah. so yeah um, but yeah so and I had like always thought about sex work as like a way of making money um, I like really uh, I had like this really like idyllic idea of like what sex work was when I was super young but like at like I was like 15 or 16 I like actually started to like listen to interviews and like and like think about like the implications of it all and um and then I was okay with it who did yeah. you listen to like what interviews did you um so, <laughs> so I think so um there was this series put out by girlfriends films uh what was it um it was like real or it was like it was it was about like people who had sex in like real life Mm -hmm. um and like they had interviews beforehand and that was more interesting to me than the actual porn that was like afterwards oh yeah yeah. i also watched real sex by hbo yeah um and like just like i don't know only we'd had cable yeah (laughs) that's real Uh, i wish i grew up with cable i definitely grew up in like a in a house oh. where there was just no, we had only what five or six channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I was very fortunate to have uh, cable and also the internet in my house, and so I just like started like researching really young. I like read books about sex. I like, 
um, like would like look up YouTube videos of um, sex educators like talking about sex. Um, actually, when I started college, I was like going to be like a sexologist. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, was there was like that kind dreams. of? Was that like a, a major option in your? Mm, school? No, but it was a liberal arts college where you could sort of make things up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Why not Carpio and Path? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like that was a dream at one point. But I also like really love science. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the two are very intertwined. Like oh, why like sure. why I loved researching sex. Like I love just research. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I the very the very day I turned eighteen, I had an account and I got on and I was sloppy and it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make any money, but oh I was my super God, proud that of happy myself. Birthday to yeah, happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday to myself. Yeah, that's yeah. so cute. That's yeah. so liberated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, like, you're liberated from, like, you know, all of the the, band, the age bands and all of that. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the very beginning. Um, but I didn't, like, really, like, put my whole self into that until... So I, um, I was trying to do that for a while, but, like, had no idea what I was doing and was probably looked really unfortunate (laughs) Um, um, and then I like got uh, in contact with like the kink community on my campus Mm -hmm. Um, how old were you I was this was still while I was 18 I I did like I essentially like like, world tour whole year of just like like figuring things out Um, so yes I found like the kink community and um, there was this man who came and he was a part of like the kink community in our city um and uh he ran a rope bondage group and i went to the rope bondage group and it was a bunch of um middle to older like white hetero couples um, (laughs) in a room in like a yoga lounge um Mm -hmm. like tying each other up and i was like oh Uh, (laughs) and like i had like dressed up i had like gotten like my knee highs on and like i thought i looked cute as fuck Uh, i was like walking through this like suburban town like (laughs) with like no underwear on (laughs) i was like yeah i'm going to this rope bondage group (laughs) (laughs) and then i get there and like no everybody's like just like like their day panties and bras oh my god you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Nobody I, dressed up for no, this? No, nobody dressed up. Are you up. kidding me? That's yeah. so um, But the guy was, he was really, he was kind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I can I can introduce you to somebody. And I ended up playing with this woman. Um, uh, and she was starting to learn rope, and I was starting to learn rope. And so we just, like, tied each other's legs up. Um, and then eventually, like, me and him... Uh, got connected and I went and I was a rope bunny for like three or four months with What's them. a rope bunny? Yeah. A rope bunny, uh, so a person who bottoms in rope. So okay. he would tie me up, um, sometimes he would hang me from the ceiling and twirl me around and that was super fun. Mm. Um, I've been a dancer since I was young and so I was super flexible and like he couldn't find anybody near him who was like as short and petite as I was. Um, and so I could actually get, or he hadn't figured out ways in which you don't have to be a short, petite person to yeah. do that. But but he was really excited to work with me because mm-hmm. he was able to um, tie me up and hang me from his ceiling. Um, so mm. so yeah, so I started I started doing that and like really 
exploring kink more and found myself like just so much more interested in that than any sort of like vanilla stuff that I was like trying to do um yeah and then uh my first time like actually getting paid I um so I was like I was really gung-ho on like like doing porn like I didn't I didn't really figure that other forms of sex work were available to me at the time Mm -hmm. they very much were I think a lot of sex work is just not as visible Mm -hmm. yeah yeah porn is very very visible so um I actually matched with a porn star on Tinder. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't say her name because she's a trash human being and Aww. I don't want to be associated with her. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so, and I was like, okay, cool, we'll go on a date. Maybe, you know, it'll be something else and maybe it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to like this art show and I met a bunch of like, uh, th- this guy, he was like, oh, you know, I make smut. Um, and I was like, okay. <laughs> cool, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. I was so much more interested in her. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, It's so yeah. funny. A lot of men always think that, you know, they're the one that you're interested yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I was like, you're, you're like, just like, okay. you're, just some, okay, you're here whatever. too. Yeah, like, I guess you're here. So, <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, we had sex that night and then like a like a month later i was like i hit her up and i was like hey so you make porn i want to do that mm-hmm. can you do that with me <laughs> she was like yeah Whoa. um so yeah so i shot with her company um and it was it an independent company or was it like one of the bigger it was an independent it was her so so she would shoot with companies but she she had a company under her name so that she could shoot her own content and put it on her website mm-hmm. um and so yeah so i did that scene and um I actually, I, I actually didn't get paid for the scene, which oh is my why gosh. she's trash. Mm, yeah. But the next scene that we did, I actually got paid. But my first scene was like, it was pretty cool though. Like, what kind of sex was it? It was pretty like, well, I don't know what vanilla is anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but for me now, it's like it was pretty like vanilla. But it was the first time I ever got fisted was on camera. Whoa! Well, I mean, so I, yeah, I would so not consider that to be vanilla. Oh, mm. see, see, that's like <laughs> the relativeness see, of like vanilla totally. for me. It truly it's is. It's like I'm like, oh yeah, I got yeah. fisted, and that was yeah. That's it's, crazy that your first time was on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's already such. A kind of intense moment. Yes, it was super <laughs> intense, um, and I wasn't expecting it. We like didn't really talk like through our scene beforehand. Oh, really? We had talked about like what we wanted to talk about. Like we did like a little interview section beforehand, mm-hmm. um, and so we had talked about what we were going to talk about there, but we didn't really talk about the kind of sex that we were going to have. Except for she had a strap on, and she was like, "Is it okay that I use a strap on?" I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." Yeah, but she didn't like. Uh, yeah, she didn't ask to fist me or like. Yeah, mm-hmm. but did it she happened. did she prep you very well for it? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, there was lots of lots and lots of prep work. Okay, um, that's good. Yeah, I mean that's it, definitely like overall unfortunate because like payment is the most important part mm-hmm. of porn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and her wife shot it, and it was like in her house, oh. and yeah, and we ate afterwards, and then uh, like a. And then I started hanging out with her, and I found out that I didn't 
really like the people I was hanging out with mm. and that um, I was surrounding myself with the the unfortunate part of the sex industry, mm. which is, like, really seedy people mm. who, like, aren't out there for your best interests. Oh. And I thought that that was going to be the extent of community that I would ever find mm. yeah. in the sex industry. Um, it turns out that 99% of the people that are actually in the sex industry are not like that. Oh, that's so um, good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that well, was Well, I mean, just... in the porn industry specifically. Mm. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I... I know a lot of people who make their own porn now. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know a lot of people who work with big companies. Yeah, I think anymore. I mean the the changeover has been pretty monumental it seems like a lot of I mean of course there's still going to be like huge brands yeah. like Bang Bros and shit like that, but Wait, like are you saying that 99% of the people are not good or not bad? Sorry, I'm just... 99% of the people are good. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that I, that, yeah, that I've um, been fortunate enough to, like, actually hang out with and yeah. actually be in community with have been awesome. Um, uh, but also, like, caveat, like, 99% of the people that I am surrounded by are people of color, are queer people, are trans people, yeah. are, you know, disabled people, are marginalized people. So, so maybe that's a... You, find, you found your community. <laughs> I and, found my community. And I think it is your so important to find your, like, niche community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And are also kinky people. Yeah, so. kinky people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's, like, that was, like, my year of, like, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we did another scene, and I actually got paid for that. But oh, then okay. I, I, but after I got paid for that, I was like, oh, I, this, that, that, that was sort of, like, the, the turning point in my brain was, like, oh, this is, like, a lot of unpaid labor I'm doing yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> um, How long were you not, shooting the first scene? The first scene, uh, that was... So we actually did two scenes oh, wow. in the same day, and that was, like, two and a half hours of content. Okay. Well, I mean, did it boil down to two and a half hours, or was it actually, like, oh, two and a half hours of labor? I think it was... No, it was more than that. It was, like... I mean, like, labor as in, like, me, I had to, like, drive there. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Like, like, well, like, I mean, from, from the time you stepped foot on set. On set. Uh, it was probably, like, four hours. Okay, that's a lot yeah. of time. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I hear from a lot of people who are producing porn and all that, I mean, so much is condensed down, you know, like, you're yes. shooting for four to six hours. Yes. And then it comes down to an hour or 30 minutes. Right, mm, exactly. Of usable footage. Um, yeah. Six hours is so... It's such a long time. It's yeah. a long time to, like... And, like, that second scene was, like, a far worse scene, and I didn't realize the stamina it, it was it was going to take me to actually do porn. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I was, like, I was tired. <laughs> it was, like, I don't... It's not that I didn't want to do it. It's just more, like, I'm tired. And what yeah. makes it take so long, actually? What makes it take so long? Um, getting different angles, yeah. like, stopping to, like, take pictures, like, um. like... You know, if, like, if someone needs to slow down or, like, something needs to, like, change, if you need to switch positions, sometimes, Mm -hmm. like, for editing, it makes it easier to, like, just stop and then go, stop and then go. Yeah. Um, Ours took a longer time just because we were enjoying having, or I was enjoying having sex. Um, She, like, was not... she, she, well, the way that she explained it to me, like, she had had so much sex that she didn't really care about it anymore. Mm. Um, she just, so it was just purely the performance at that point for yeah. her, and it was just, you know, another day on the Ex- job. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so. I mean, it's kind of beautiful that you got to have, like, a beautiful, yeah. pleasurable experience on camera, 
Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely fucked that you sh- you definitely need to be paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. If you're out there, if you're listening to this, you owe me money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was, like, sort of my year of exploration. And then, um, like, after I shot that scene, because this was, like, a white woman and, like, she had a lot of following and a lot of clout, oh. like, mm-hmm. I gained a lot of following and, like, clout as well and uh-huh. was able to like start doing my own stuff um and get clients and people on my own um so yeah i mean that's it's such a mixed it's bag. but yeah. i mean i i think it, uh, for me like the way that i have to frame it now is that like i was fortunate not to have s- such a negative experience that like it didn't like it didn't allow me to make the money that I'm making now, mm-hmm. like and just stop completely. Um, but also like gave me like a realistic understanding of like what it is to like do this work. Oh, um, totally. Um, I mean, I, I can totally empathize with like a lot of my labor that just went uncompensated, like mm-hmm. camming or whenever I initially like went into the foyer searching for a sugar daddy and mm-hmm. made zero dollars off of it, but went on several dates. Yes. So <laughs> yes. back whenever you're like in like baby sex worker mode, like you make a lot of uncompensated n- mistakes. Oh, it's true. And yeah. it's true. Have little adventures. <laughs> you learn some things yes. and you hope that you're able to stay unscathed for the most part right yeah Yeah, and that's that's sort of just how I frame it now as opposed to like demonizing myself for like what happened oh yeah well why would you you, there's no reason to yeah you you are in in, in no way to blame for right no I for the actions of somebody who knew better yes the thing is she like obviously knew better oh yeah as a white sex worker Mm -hmm. in the porn industry who owns her own company and she had been doing it for 10 years yeah she knew what she was doing she knew exactly what she she was doing doing. um yeah um and now like meeting a lot of people like talking about her um like they were like yeah i also had a shitty experience and, like, dude I mean, it might be time <laughs> for another like, call yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think we might need to okay. have a post about <laughs> yeah, this maybe, yeah. Yeah. coalition everyone's got to come for her now i think so i'm well, gonna call it reparations left. she left the industry well, she's well got she the made money. some money she, did. she left she because did. she has the money i guess yeah. exactly exactly so. yeah so yeah, um. yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm not. You know, I I think people have been kind of rethinking the whole call out culture and all of that, and trying to reframe it as like a call in culture and opportunity for people to be better. But it's also like with these repeat offenders, I feel like there's just a level, you know, where I'm, enough is enough. I mean, this is it's accountability. Yeah, yeah. like it's not. Yeah, about exactly. like like, I think call-out culture is such a, like, buzz, but really, I, it used to just be called consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Call-out exactly. culture, formerly consequences. <laughs> exactly. I love that framing, Clover. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good framing. I mean, that's genuinely what it was, or what it is, like, you know. Yeah. So, um, right now, you, you, I see, like, on your Instagram, uh, at Goddess Corey, if you're interested in following, yeah, shout the out. At Goddess Corey. At the Goddess Corey. Yes. The the, the goddess Corey. The goddess it will Corey. be in the bio, I promise you guys. <laughs> properly added f- for everybody to follow. Um, but I, like most of your work right now seems to be focused on
on you as a dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you kind of like were introduced to the king community through your own kind of like uh, adventurous spirit and yes. you know, <laughs> lust for lust. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you encountered somebody who became in part your mentor. Is mm-hmm. Would you describe that? that yeah, definitely way? like a mentor. Um, he didn't, you know, like there's so there's like levels to like BDSM and BDSM culture, kink culture. Um, and he didn't really get into sort of like the um, like what leather means and like what uh, like what dom sub relationships look like and all of this stuff. It was mm-hmm. more, and I appreciate this. It was it really was more about like consent and about technique mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. Uh, and I think. Um, I think that really helps inform sort of me as a dom that it, especially as like a black dom who does not like believe in, oh, this might be controversial. Go for it, go for it. Does not believe in like the leather hierarchies that exist right now. Okay. um, Because like they're based in uh, patriarchal bullshit. Yeah. Um, That Mm. it's like leather men and like you know it's 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 all about leather men and yeah. and their leather families uh look a lot like heteronormative patriarchal bullshit so yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah so his like all all the things that he taught me were about the technique of using rope or about um like is like how to talk to each other about like what hurts and mm-hmm. what doesn't hurt and what feels good and you know um yeah just technique stuff oh, okay yeah so it wasn't very much of like the kind of like mental dominance no so mm-hmm. and like he was very clear on like saying that like he was not my dominant like we are teaching or i'm mm-hmm. he is teaching me like he's my teacher and also like that like um i can teach him too that, oh, like right. yeah like that the, and i and i always appreciated teachers just in general who were like that who were like we this is a two-way street that it's not just me you know showing you this thing yeah. it's like how can we learn from one another mm-hmm. yeah. um so so yeah um so you taught me a lot about rope um and i really appreciated that and and techniques um so whenever you started like foraying into it like how did you kind of find clients um, so the clients started coming to me after I shot that scene. Oh. Um, um, so on FetLife mm-hmm. um, was like where my first like BDSM client, who's actually still with me. Oh, well, that's oh, so amazing! Cool. <laughs> the years wow. they stayed. What loyalty? Uh, yes, that's so cool. Yes, ultimate loyalty is what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> ultimate loyalty <laughs> is what Goddess Corey is looking for. Yeah, okay, oh put it out there in the universe. Um, be loyal to me. Um, we'll be blessed. Uh, uh, they'll accept nothing less. Okay, you guys. Um, so yeah, and uh, he is a sissy, um, and he likes to put on quote unquote women's underwear mm-hmm. and um, bras and femme, just femme up, um, and get fucked in the ass and tortured. Oh, I and love it. Hurt, (laughs) but they're they're not the hugest pain slut, which is you know I I'm a sadist and so I really enjoy giving pain. Yeah, Yeah. it is, 
it is it's a beautiful thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when when he lets me like give him more pain, it's like <gasps> yes, like this is the rush a, of it. Yeah, yeah, the rush of it all. <laughs> like it's so exciting for me. What what's his like pain level? Mm, um, he's probably like if he's like super in it, he could probably take, well, I can take him to a seven. Um, yeah, so what, what what tools does he like? Um, so he likes paddles and canes and hand spanking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like my like torture level goes up to like like needles mm-hmm. and oh. like waterboarding mm-hmm. and like, you know, suffocation yeah <laughs> um, what about so. uh, cock and ball torture is cock he into ba- that no he's not into cock and ball torture which you is know, unfortunate not everybody too. is into that yeah but I do love whenever that's balls. Yeah. <laughs> whenever that's on the table it's like yeah. you just up yeah. this session <laughs> like, next level yeah. session yeah um, yeah I actually like I haven't been able... I mean, I think, like, the most cock and ball torture, like, I get is, like, tying it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, like, like and confinement. Mm-hmm. Um, more than, like, being able to kick them, which mm-hmm. I wish. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had uh, people out there. Mm-hmm. If you putting it into the, yeah, putting it into into the, the universe. universe. <laughs> yes. Like, I want to kick um, your balls. Dear sex work goddess, <laughs> yeah. please send goddess Corey some balls and cock that yeah. want to be tortured. Yeah. Um... <laughs> truly just want to be smushed yes yeah <laughs> so um yeah so he's he's not the biggest pain slut um but i do enjoy a pain slut and he was my he was my first um and he paid me and it was beautiful <laughs> did you do it um in a dungeon or did you like go no, to their place i went to his home mm-hmm. um yeah and actually so i've always sort of like maintained a day job while i was doing this mm-hmm. um except for when i was first first starting um and so uh, he was like, I'll pay you more than what your job is paying you for however long you're going to be there to come and be at my house. <laughs> wow. So yeah. I was like, cool, <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> what time? Um, yeah. So. Uh, Were you yeah. scared? No, I wasn't really scared. I mean, like. Have after- you talked much before? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had talked a lot online um, because like. It wasn't until, like, a year we had... When we... We were, like, off and on talking. Like, there'd be, like, spurts of, like, us just, like, mm-hmm. uh, hello or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then eventually, like, it got to, okay, I want... I, I need you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. It, 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 we had talked a lot, and he had talked a lot about, like, the things that he was interested in and what he wanted. Um, and as soon as I was like, well, it's going to require money for any of this to go down, yeah. he was yeah. like, okay. Okay. So. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like totally compliant. Totally compliant. A good client. Yes. I was really, I was really blessed that my first like kink client was really compliant and really just like, yeah, made it easy for me. That's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite client? Do I have a favorite client? Yes. So I was about a year ago, there was this man and I believe he was in the UK and he messaged me online and he was like um 
I want to pay reparations um, for my sins <laughs> against black femmes. Yes. And I was like, you're like, reparations, <laughs> music to my ear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Are you trying to make me horny? Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, and so um, I wrote out like how he was going to divide up his finances. Wow. Um, and like the kind of, t- because we, he wasn't, he couldn't come over here. Yeah. So it was like purely online. But um, I wrote out like the kind of like torture and the kind of reading that he was going to have to do if he wanted to Ooh, be. He made a reading mm-hmm. list. Yeah, I did. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I made a reading list. Educated him. Oh yeah. my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I he read put everything. all this stuff together and he read everything. Or he didn't. No, so, so what happened was um, we started and so it was like one month of like payment and. We like I gave him like assignments like um, like first thing was like for him to like read this paper that I wrote in college um, on um, uh, uh, black bodies and porn. Um, and oh so, wow! wow. <laughs> yeah, and he had to like do like a writing assignment and yes. then had to pay me. That is so fucking. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like you became college. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just became a professor. Yeah. It was great. Um, yeah, but it, and then we also would get on the phone um, and I would talk him through how to torture himself. Um, and uh, so one thing was like um, he had to like sleep in water. He had to sleep in water. Oh, my God. Yeah, to, like, replicate, um, like, slaves who had to, like, sleep on the floor. Yeah. Of, like, ship boats. Yeah, the uh, middle passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I was talking through, like, all the safety things. and um, How do you keep that is. safe? Yeah. So you have to keep turning. Oh, yeah, because you, you could develop sores, Yeah, you could you? develop sores and, like, infection. Yeah. really easy. Um, yeah. Um, and so I was just, I just talked him through, like, how to... Um, maintain his health while we were doing this mm-hmm. thing, um, and he had to do it over overnight. Uh huh. Um, Did he do that like the whole time you were corresponding, like multiple? So I would, I would, ch- I checked up on him in like the middle of the night to make sure that like he mm-hmm. was doing what I was asking yeah. him to do. Yeah. Um, Did he have to send you like a picture or something, or like document it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So he did. You, he did he did have that. to show that he was pruny? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, good. So oh pruny. my god. Like, so pruny. And Make so him gross. into a fucking prune. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it had to be dirty water too. Like it couldn't be like wow, yeah. like dishwater. Yeah. How did he make it dirty? You so it like simulated dirty water. So like adding activated charcoal to like the oh. thing to like make it like gross looking. Like it couldn't yeah. actually be dirty because it could actually it could like, cause infect. infection. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, so so yeah, so he did that um, on his like garage floor. Um, wow. Yeah, and then um, and then the next month he was like, "I'll pay you, but I'm gonna have to stop seeing you." Sadly. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I could he couldn't continue because he said something about his like niece had like, what I think what I think happened is that somebody found out about. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so and hard. Then we had to stop. People yeah. get outed, and then you know. Yeah. It was unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. But one of my favorites, because I got to really, like, be in my full... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, That's I powerful. Gotta, yeah, so that was my favorite. You uh, mentioned, like, another reparations thing to me when we talked. Um, it was, like, you had somebody... You had, like, instructions for rearranging furniture or something? Can yes. you talk about that? Mm. Yeah, so... Um, 
So I bring a submissive in, and he. Ha- so I tell him that he's going to have to rearrange all the furniture in the room, um, but he's not. I'm not going to tell him where it needs to be, um, and that if he can't do that, um, he has to sit in confinement and explain to me like how that relates to me as like a black person. Um, it, it varies from person to yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and it's really frustrating for them. Yeah. It's really frustrating because they spent all this money and then the next 45 minutes, they have, oh, they only have, I think, it's, sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 15 minutes to, like, do all of it. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, and it's super frustrating because they'll have me for, like, an hour or two hours uh-huh. and, then, like, the rest of their session is just them, like, ex- like trying to, like, explain, like... <laughs> explain what's going on. <laughs> explain what's going on. And why like, the roles are changing. Exactly. Yeah. And why exactly. they're always wrong. <laughs> I just really like to frustrate men. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like to frustrate them and make them feel uncomfortable and sad. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it sounds like you have a special sense of creativity yes yeah definitely definitely i mean i like to bring in like i think that sex and sex work is a great way is like can be like therapeutic you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. um it can be a way to like process what's happening in the quote-unquote real world um in in a safe way um in a way in uh, with a professional who like knows what they're doing knows what they're talking about um yeah yeah like I mean, it's, it's like, sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, y- it's, like, reparations play is, like, kind of one of those, like, I don't know, like, it's, it almost seems like a dream, like, for, for like, a black person to, mm-hmm. to have that kind of opportunity. Yeah. So, that isn't, like, all of the work that I do, mm-hmm. I and I would say that it's, like, not the majority of the work that mm-hmm. I yeah. do. Um, do you ever, like, introduce it or, like, try to introduce it to, like, a potential submissive? No, I, I mean... It has to be, like, a specific... It's, it's very specific. Like, it's, like, when you get to specific fetishes like that, like, mm-hmm. you, like, I find, like, it's really hard for me to, like, it, like edge that into some but like yeah it, like it has to come from like a really genuine place like mm-hmm. from like a person who wants to do that i don't mm-hmm. i don't know a lot of people who are like i'm i'm really into your feet and i like talk about like reparations yeah, like, yeah. okay well how do we make this foot fetish into like a reparation? yeah how do we turn yeah. feet into like, reparation yeah like no it's it's usually like no i want to stick with my feet thing. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah so i don't really yeah mm. prostitute mm. necessarily yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's still it's so interesting. Um, so I kind of want to talk about like the the um, part some of the racial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see like much of a divide between like black or people of color sex workers um, do in the king community uh, versus white sex workers? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I mean, besides like the pay gap. Yeah. And, like, I think the pay gap is probably like the biggest mm. thing that like I like. I talk to like some white doms and like they're like, yeah, like I had a client and like he just like gave me three thousand dollars and I'm like, what? <laughs> in what world? In what world? Yeah. Where though? <laughs> like, yeah. where are they? Because um, I'm very interested. Uh, but they're not interested in me. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, the pay gap is tremendous. Like, tremendous. Like, 
And it's and it's incredible because like you have this like wealth of creativity in mm. your punishment yeah. and experience. <laughs> yeah. Like you've had it sounds like years of experience yes. learning both physical techniques but also just like cruel and unusual ways yeah. to like do mind games. Exactly, yeah. like really getting into like the mind and like this the meat of the material as opposed to like and like and also these like white doms don't have to do as much actual labor most no. of the time. Mm-hmm. Like no, not at all. You know, I know a lot of like sensual sadists who like just like lay their feet on like their submissive for an hour and get what? paid, you know, five hundred to a thousand dollars for that session. And it's Ugh. just like I could never <laughs> like, yeah. like on top of the fact that that is just like not my jam. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I that would be very boring for yeah. me. Um, like, but aside from that, like just like it's so much less labor than I'm doing in my sessions. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so much less, like, homework that, like, I'm doing. Like, I go into a session and I've, like, planned stuff out. I have, like, you know, I've done my research about things and um, and also, like, coming into it with, like, I, like, I studied under that rope uh, a dominant and I, I, you know, I go to classes and I do all this extra like outside mm-hmm. homework so that I come to a session like prepared and like ready to hurt somebody like yeah. in a safe way. Yeah. Um, and that is just like not it's not a necessity if you're a white sex worker. No, it's not. It's, it's truly like you can like you can show up and like be pretty and like that can be just really enough for it. yeah. Yeah, and it's like also being like a person of color you have to do a million and one extra things just to be visible right to Mm -hmm. even be considered exactly you have to have the best personality the best hair the best body the best outfits the best tools and implements exactly like i you know i oh i was talking to this dom once um they're they're a non-black person and they were talking about how like they just showed up to like a session in like sweatpants and that wasn't even what the guy was looking for necessarily but they just like showed up in sweatpants and I was like no like oh, I need to put man. my wig on I need to like put a lip a lash a yeah, heel wow. like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like let me let me get in my gig real quick because like that like no <laughs> it just no. like it just like and you're just not allowed that space to mm-hmm. be sloppy no not at all no. um so yeah it's it's unfortunate but true um and it frustrates me a lot um but it it is what it is and i you know i try not to that's why like i i try and surround myself with like other marginalized sex workers because they understand the struggle like instantaneously that mm-hmm. I don't need to explain that or like yeah 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 I mean it's definitely like it is what it is and it's easy to be preoccupied with the, the, the just the blatant dis, uh, disparity in how in how we're treated mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the amount of work that you do. Exactly. (laughs) So I just, I don't think about the part and I just really like, I just, I just put all that energy into hurting them. (laughs) (laughs) Let me not think about those. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, What do you think about the naming tradition with like doms? Because it's like, it's usually either goddess or mistress um, I don't know. Like for me, like goddess was uh, like replic- a, re- uh, uh, 
reclamation of my femininity Mm -hmm. um I find like a lot of the times like even if I don't present that way um that I have to um inhibit embody like this masculine energy out in the real world because like it's safer that way Mm -hmm. um like people take me seriously at my day job that way um all this other stuff so like goddess for me was like an embracing of like that higher power that is feminist the, the divine mm, yeah. feminine the divine feminine exactly and so and i mean like i like i grew up in the church and i really wanted to like commune with like my ideas about my ancestors like and like the way that they communed with the church and how that was so false because it was like it was a colonization thing mm-hmm. of yeah. like christianity and so, like, I wanted to, like, decolonize my mind in my sex work mm. with goddess. Yeah. Um, so that, like, that, I, I, and I think for other people, like, it may not be that deep. I think that, like, mistress is just, like, pretty, like, standard. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, like, when, like, like media's, like, idea of, like, what BDSM and, like, what a BDSM dominant femme is, is a mistress. Mm-hmm. Um and that is like baked into the tradition of like leather is like mistress, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's like really just like the origins of it. Um, Do you yeah. kind of see it as like the same, like uh, kind of like heteronormative spectrum that and of problems that you see in the leather community overall? Yeah, like I don't, I don't think the two are are very separate. I mean. Um, I do know people who like just don't have like a like have like a what is it a prefix for their yeah like, yeah like I have my friend um, Betty Bondage who just Betty Bondage I mean people That's call cute. yeah people mm-hmm. call her mistress and people call her whatever they you know whatever yeah. Yeah. prefix that she wants to put on that day or that you know the person like feels called to call her mm-hmm. but like her name is Betty Bondage as opposed to like mistress Betty Bondage. Um, mm-hmm or goddess or whatever else um yeah but and i think it's also like in our social media age it's an easy way to like delineate um like if like you are a top (laughs) (laughs) or if like like what what yeah 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 or if you're a sex worker at all Um, yeah yeah i mean but also like switches kind of also will sometimes go by mistress oh really or goddess yeah, I mean, I can't speak so much for Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about it, but um, yeah, I mean, I think again, like it just goes back to like leather and like, and uh, maybe those switches also like feel more dominant. Like mm-hmm. maybe they, yeah, like, yeah, so, that's true. So they use like mistress instead of like sub or whatever else, like pup or I don't know. Pup. Oh yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, was, and like, pups aren't always submissive, but yeah. you know. Like yeah, like something that could be associated with submissiveness, as opposed to mistress and goddess and all these other things that are not necessarily associated with um, being a top. Mm-hmm. Are there or, any uh, terms that are like specifically for switches aside from switch? I feel like on like dungeon sites, I just see switch and then name. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not privy to any of that. I yeah. also didn't grow up in the dungeon system, True. so I. And I think that that's, like, different about me, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of, like, the people I know in BDSM and kink are grew up in the dungeon system. 
um, or in a house of some sort, um, and I did not. And I chose that specifically because, like, dungeons are super anti-black, like, mm. super, like, <laughs> super. I mean, same thing, like, strip clubs and, like, yeah. any other, like, institution are, like, really, yeah. like, anti-black um, and anti, like, dark skin, like, natural hair black specifically. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, like, and most, and all of them or, like, at least the ones that I know of, like, have you started out as a submissive? And I refuse to be a submissive. Yeah. Um, I refuse to be... I refuse to submit, period. Um, mm-hmm. So... So that... that in, that's a major That's a, that's a major block. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so unless I have... Unless I'm well known, well known enough outside of that, that's the only way that I could become a dominant in a dungeon at this point. Um, and also, like... They usually don't have black dominance. Uh, if you go, if you look at any commercial dungeons, like mm. maybe there's one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's very rare. Yeah, it's super rare. Um, you mostly see like black switches, or you mostly see black submissives. Maybe a few black switches. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I see a black dominant, it tends to be a, a black male dominant. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so. it's still kind of rare, and I think a lot of black. Um, people in the kink community do a lot of it independently. Yes, definitely. I mean, just, I think, I mean, black people just start in their own shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, because, like, yeah. they're, because, like, I mean, why are there, like, black colleges? Like, why are there, like, you know, black owned businesses? Because, mm-hmm. like, we're, you know, been put out of all these, yeah, other, yeah. Of all these other spaces. Yeah. So it's like, when well, you're marginalized, you have to build your own. Exactly. You know, exactly. Your I'm waiting for that black owned uh, queer strip club. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to frequent it. Yeah. <laughs> if right. it's out there, <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. I'm really down to clown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's so cool. Um, so to take a more serious turn, you're a sexual assault survivor, and some of that assault uh, happened in the BDSM scene uh, and in the sex industry in general. Do you think sexual assault is addressed in the kink community, or do you think it isn't addressed? Um, I think it's not addressed to the level that I would like it seen addressed. Um, I know when... Sorry, this is difficult. Um, like, what would your ideal resolution have been for that situation? What would have been ideal is that they believed me right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and that, Step one is that. Yeah, really? is, to, is to, like, believe the survivor. Um, yeah, I think I think people are so ready not to believe people. And I think it, it, it really is hand-in-hand hand a little bit with this... Um, call-out culture thing is that like people are so timid and like oh I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings oh I don't want to like you know ruin them oh I don't you know oh I don't want to like I don't want to make the sex industry or sex work or the BDSM community like look really bad Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Um, but sexual assault exists everywhere it's not exclusive to sex work Um, Mm -hmm. it's not exclusive to the BDSM community but it does happen in those spaces Um, and I think like the what exacerbates it is that people like uh, immediately don't believe you and then also want to quiet you because like they don't want to like make us look bad Mm -hmm. Um, but um, 
also that like there are less protections for me as a sex worker because like if I go and was to tell on my abuser um, to a, a police officer and I and like I don't fuck with cops like that in the first place but if I was to go do that they would have to ask me like where were you what yeah. happened like how did all of this come to be and I yeah. have to explain to them like how I got into the situation yeah. that I was and then I am potentially potentially putting myself at risk of yeah. being incarcerated mm-hmm. yeah you're putting yourself at risk and also you know the dungeon could be shut down or right. like the, the host space could be right yeah. and, and that's another thing is like I like I like I myself have like felt a lot of like fear around like disenfranchising disenfranchising uh, sex workers mm-hmm. like by talking about like my assaults or like who these people or persons have been mm-hmm. um and so like that's another thing that like I internally have had to like deal with and like think really deeply about and still I'm thinking about um because like if if that commercial dungeon shut down, if that like <sighs> there are consequences to like yeah. to, to me coming out about I like, know, so. I mean that's the whole fucked thing about like people in the sex industry trying to come out about sexual assault is that, you know, you talking about it unfortunately puts other people's jobs on the line and mm-hmm. spaces like yes. could be shut down and it can really like hurt such a large amount of people because right. Everything is just, like, because it's all considered to be essentially illegal in the eyes of law enforcement, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you really have nobody there to hold people accountable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a fragile and and fringe thing that it's, like... Because we don't have the visibility. Right. I mean, if you could could work in the light of day... Right. If you could have, you know, safe working conditions, if you had, if there was a visibility and like people cared, you know, and valued it as, you know, it's just like a human thing. It's like a human aspect of sex. There's all kinds of sex, all kinds of alt sex. Right. If you had that just accepted, then people could really, you know, you could have justice for this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think people's attempts right now are look like there's a there's like a sexual assault summit or something of that sort I don't know I was not invited um, <laughs> because I have been like out about like my sexual assault in like other spaces mm-hmm. um, and I think that has something to do why like I wasn't invited Ugh. to come and that's um, the other fuck thing is whenever you get blacklisted right. for so for um, being transparent <laughs> exactly and it's like <laughs> Okay, so I was supposed to shut up. It's um, like, okay, cool. So, like, let me just go away. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I think not including survivors at the summit that is supposedly about, like, how do we rework the systems of accountability in our own community, then, like, what are you doing? It's it's lawmakers. It's, it's it's again, yeah. the leather, like, in a lot of ways replicates the outside world and, like, the ways that these people, that other people operate and that, like, there's a hierarchy, like, money and power and whiteness are on top and then everything else gets shit on. Yeah. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, like, the concept that instances of sexual assault in the workplace are, like, at all just, like, specific to um, sex work, it, it's, like, really so bizarre. Cause I mean, <laughs> that it's, like, a given. That it's yeah. just, like, oh, well, yeah, you, you, of course. Right. Because I've been, like, definitely like groped like this guy like forced himself on me like been kind of like talked to sexually by basically all of my male bosses Mm. 
that I've ever had. Like in a like in, out in of outside sex of yeah. sex work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like super just totally, like, totally. And I, like coworkers too. Yeah. I remember, and customers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, it's, I remember, like, my first job, like, waitressing. Like, I was, like, being hit on by, like, one of my super old bosses. He was, mm-hmm. like, fucking 70 or something. And I was 18 at the time. And he was, like, making comments about my legs. Oh, my God. I was God. just like, what the fuck yeah. is going on here? Yeah. And everybody was like, ho, ho, ho. Well, he does that sometimes. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. I had, like, my boss, like, try to hook me up with one of, like, the customers and was just like, oh, entertain him for a little bit. And then this guy just, like, wrapped his arms around me and, like, kissed oh. my cheek. And I was Ew. like. Yeah. And then also I had a boss that um, he was, like, frequently, like, telling me, like, about his fetish for like black women and was just like Mm. i hired you because i thought you were really hot and like um like eventually like asked me out and then was fired on that same night i don't know what for but uh probably for having a full-on mental break from being absolutely bad shit yeah he was uh, yeah that's well (laughs) unfortunate (laughs) that these experiences are not are, are yeah. so vast are so yeah it's so like that everybody has a present. story everybody yeah. has a story everybody has multiple stories right. yeah so i mean yeah so all right guys well we need to take a little commercial break are you ever lying on your couch feeling the plushy cushions wishing that instead of touching a solid surface you were touching a liquid are you ever drinking water feeling that cool liquid slip down your throat, wishing you could instead be drinking a gas? Do you ever breathe air and think, what if air was solid and I had to snort it through my nose? What is plasma? And have I ever seen it? We all have these questions. You are not alone. Humans are a combination of solids, liquids, and gases. Are they made of plasma too? But why are some parts solid and not liquid? The answer is God. God decided for us. But don't you think it's time to turn it around and become gods? Join us for a meeting at Sligasma, a new religion for those of us who aren't satisfied with the solid liquid gas plasma status quo. Do it all, be it all. Wow. Wrestling just got 10 times better with the in-ring passes. You and your loved ones could enjoy a wrestling match from the comfort of your own body bubbles inside of the ring at Ultimatum Stadiums. You want to be close to see these sweaty wrestlers in action. And let's be real, they want to be close to you. Part of the joy of wrestling is contact, contact, contact. Call 6969696. We can help. <laughs> <laughs> I like the beatering out. The six nine six nine six. six. Nine. We can help. Is the we can help a part of the number? Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> it seems like it's a part of the number. You know? I think like, because I didn't six, say enough six help. nines, it's now part of the number. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, okay, so. Uh, we're wrapping up this glorious episode of Ho in the Know with the goddess Corey. Woo! Um, <laughs> where can we find you on the webs? You can find me at the goddess Corey um, on Instagram or 
at mommy issues underscore the party, I believe. Um, you can find it in my like bio at the goddess Corey. Oh, did you also want to ask uh, about mommy issues? Yes, if anybody out there in the universe, um, La La Land, La La Land, um, LA. <laughs> um, knows of any uh, leather bars that are looking for a femme run, femme centered, uh, queer leather party, um, please hit me up on my Instagram at the goddess Corey or at mommy issues underscore the party um yeah we're looking for a new home yes yes. let's find a home for these leather mommies mommies. (laughs) 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 uh clover you want to plug anything um yeah so you can follow me at little four leaf and the four is a number and there's an underscore between little and four um (laughs) It'll be in the bio properly added. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a place where I go to look at and think of, hmm, what could I post here? Um, so you can go it's and look really at... It's really just thoughts of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's thoughts of posts. You can look at it yourself as well. Um, and think about posts for Clover. <laughs> yeah, I think I have like an outdated meme a bio and then... Um, a picture of Clover from Totally Spies, who is my namesake, and uh, is it Clover oh wearing gosh. a hat? What's yeah, a jester hat, which is how I feel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Joker Clover. Yeah, I posted um, a story for twenty four hours, so sometimes yeah. I may do that. I was in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just uh, were present for the uh, two events, uh, the Lambda Lit Fest, which was so fun. Uh, got to be on a panel of speakers with a bunch of other sex workers, and we just talked. She's so fucking smart. She was just, like, slaying the whole night away. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. I wanted to be hooting and hollering out in the audience, but I was keeping my cool. I was I, like, oh, dang. I'm such a hooter and hollerer. I was like, woo! Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> just like, if you ever hear that, or if you hear, like, weird noises in the crowd, that might be me. Uh, I hope it's you. It's probably me. <laughs> I will make like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's some ASMR for you guys yeah. at home. <laughs> I usually am screaming. <laughs> screaming to shrieking. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me, Selena the Stripper, uh, at Pretty Boy Girl on Instagram. You can support this podcast if you enjoy this work and like to continue hearing interviews with sex workers. Uh, by supporting us on Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. Thank you to everybody who has recently subscribed because it means so much and it means that I am able to afford renting this uh, place and um, having such a beautiful place to record. Please suggest to other people. Please suggest to other people. Also, if you want to get us on a podcast network, uh, we would like that too. And if you want to be interviewed. If you want to be interviewed, uh, you can hit us up at um, or on Gmail. Ho in the know at gmail.com uh, we'll, we are there uh, and uh, that's all y'all um, you we're coming for you I, you know what I want to I want to have like a <laughs> <laughs> we're coming we're on the horses <laughs> <laughs> yeehaw <laughs> alright uh, giddy up boys more money I want your money I want more money 